Welcome to Life Happens, where Texans come to protect their legacy and prepare for the second half of life. Join your host, Attorney Kim Hegwood with Hegwood Law Group and our weekly guest as we navigate the challenges that emerge as life happens. Now here's your host, Kim Hegwood. Good morning and welcome to Life Happens with me, Kim Hegwood, and our very special guest today is Richard Claywell. And while Richard, uh, I think the letters are CPA, Richard does a really whole lot of good things. We've known each other forever. Um, and so and we're going to talk today about um, elder fraud abuse, because we find it a lot in our practice that we're having those sort of issues. So we're going to talk a lot about that today. Richard, thanks for joining us on the show today. Well, thank you, Kim, for having me. I, I really appreciate it. This is something that I'm, I'm really interested in. Uh, as you know, my wife has dementia, and she gets some of this over the phone. Uh, and I'm really interested in trying to curtail that with everybody. Yeah. So um, can you give our listeners um, some examples of uh, how individuals can be taken advantage of? There are a number of different ways. Where, where the elderly, and not just the elderly, but, but you and I can be taken advantage of. And one of those is a case we did years and years and years ago. And this was an elderly lady. She must have been mid-80s or something like that. She had, the, I think she had the beginnings of dementia. Uh, I really didn't know a whole lot about it way back when. But she lived by herself, and she had two caretakers there taking care of her during the day. Family members had access to her checking account, and they were supposed to be monitoring her checking account. These two ladies, when I got involved in this, and I was actually contacted by the Texas Adult Protective Services, if I take a look at what her finances were. These two ladies were each about, well, in excess of 300 pounds. They were not skilled caretakers, but they were there taking care of this lady. Her grocery bill was about in excess of $300 a month. So if you look at the little frail elderly lady, you know, she doesn't eat that kind of food every day. Her nephew was, was doing most of the check writing. And during this process, he bought a boat and he bought a motorcycle. Nobody besides the nephew was looking after this. So he, he had a free checking account to do whatever he wanted to do. Now, I don't know what actually happened to this. When, when I found this out, I put together a little report, and I gave it to the, the Adult Protective Services, and they found a bank, and the bank uh, became a trustee of her. Uh, so I never found out what happened to the two ladies and or the nephew. A, another thing that, that is, is interesting for the elderly is uh, – Early romance, if you want to call it that. We, we had a client, uh, this was a number of years ago, and he, he met a lady, and he was probably 30 or 40 years older than she was, which, which is fine. I've got no problem with that whatsoever. They moved in together. He paid 100% of her costs to get a degree above and beyond a bachelor's degree. Actually, it was a law degree that he paid for he also decided to buy her a home, and the home was in excess of $250,000. They eventually moved into her house. 
we actually filed a gift tax return, which kind of solidifies that it was a gift, but the, the, the deed was made out in her name. His two children found out about this after he died. They were upset. Yeah, I bet so. <laughs> and they, they, they were calling me saying, why did you let dad do this? I said, well, you know, you need to talk to whatever the lady's name was. You need to talk to her about this. Uh, he's a tax client. I really can't discuss his information with you. But I, I do know that they were extremely upset with the fact that uh, he, he paid an excess of $250,000 for a home uh, for the lady. Also, and I've had uh, the, the, the quote, the IRS or the Social Security or some other federal agency will, will call a client. Now, they don't do that. So this is a warning for people. If you get a call from Social Security or the Internal Revenue Service out of the blue, it's a scam. Just at the get-go, it is a scam. My wife has received several of those phone calls, and she calls me, and, and she's hysterical. I mean, because they threatened to come and get her because we owe these back taxes. Uh, they're making arrangements to go put her in jail and all that sort of thing. But the issue is the IRS does not do that but they will call and say that you owe X number of dollars in taxes and they will threaten you to take you to jail if you don't pay those taxes. So if you're not familiar with how it works, I think it's very, very threatening. And again, my, my wife was just hysterical uh, over this. Now I've actually, I've been, I've been, been fortunate enough to have two, three or four times the quote IRS call me. And, and when they do, for me, it's kind of a break during the day. I just sit back and, uh, they typically call me on my cell phone and we'll have a discussion about the fact that we owe a lot of taxes and, and I will tell them, and we don't owe the taxes by the way, yeah. and, and I've never been in jail or prison. So just, <laughs> that, okay? uh, so they will talk about these back taxes that I owe and, and I will tell them, look, I, I don't have the cash and my credit cards are all maxed out. I just can't pay any tax that you've got. Well, then that's when they start to threaten you with jail time. And so what I've told them is, I've done this three or four times, is that, you know, look, I've been in prison before. And when I was in prison, I got three square meals a day. So if I can't pay my tax, will the IRS still give me three square meals a day if I go to jail? Let them hang up on me. Okay. So, so those are some more. I don't know if you have any questions on what I've talked about so far, but I do have a couple more issues I'd like to address. All right. Well, hang, hang tight. The clients might be interested in. And um, so hang tight, just and let's kind of back up just a little bit. And so, because one of the things in my practice is we're always watching for these sort of things, you know, and you talked about, you know, the, the romance, you know, so we see a lot of times in that particular one um, where, you know, eventually a lot of times the kids get involved, you know, and they, right. you know, before it happens, so then you're like, um, you know, the kids are like, okay, we got to do something. There's always, you know, because now mom or dad is, you know, spending all of this money and doing all these things. We also find that there's a lot of manipulation involved in that as well, where, you know, if you, you know, if you don't do this, uh, I'm going to leave. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be with you anymore. You're going to be alone. You're going to be all by yourself. There's going to be nobody to take care of you. You know, a lot of it is very much um, that we find in my practice as well. It's very much manipulative, um, controlling, uh, scare tactics, I guess you could say. Do you find right. that in the things that you're familiar with? 
this. And that's one of the issues I, that I want to talk about also, um, which I would just call elder abuse period. That's where somebody that is, is not mentally impaired, and, and I say that because I'm, I'm thinking of my wife right now, uh, and she's in the early stages of dementia, and, and I can see where somebody could very easily come into our home and take care of her and, and threaten not to give her the medication she's supposed to have, uh, threaten her not to do this, that, or whatever. And so, therefore, she's going to, I guess, in theory, write a check to somebody for something. You know, next thing you know, they're down at the bank. They've cashed the check, and I don't find out about it for a week or so. You know, so now they've, they've taken X number of dollars. So I, I see that happen also. Uh, I'm not sure what happens to those people. They, they're not real high on my list. So we had, uh, with my grandparents, I had caregivers, and they were just private caregivers. Um, initially, we had a company, um, but he didn't like who was, um, he didn't like one of the ladies, and so and they didn't have somebody, so we found a private caregivers. And so, and one of the private caregivers was um, somebody that I knew, um, you know, but still, even though I knew them, still stealing stuff. Uh, you know, so taking stuff little bit by little out of the house. You know? So, you know, so one of the things we always tell clients, you know, when there's caregivers coming in um, to take out anything valuable, I took pictures of every single wall because I could walk into the house and I'd go, there's something different, but I couldn't put my finger on it, you know, right. so that there was something missing, you know, so um, so, you know, you take pictures of everything or if you video camera, you know, with iPhones now, because back then, you know, this was in the mid 2000s. You know, so phones weren't as good as they are now, but definitely videotaping, um, you know, all of this, this stuff, you know, putting things away that they shouldn't have, sentimental things as well, because you'd be surprised what people will take. I was surprised because none of the stuff was very expensive at all, it was more, you know, sentimental and, you know, it might've gotten, you know, a few bucks, you know, at the pawn shop, I guess, but, you know, we'd already taken out most everything that, you know, really significant. And here I thought, because it was somebody I knew, I would be okay. That wasn't the case, you know? So I had to literally threaten every caregiver and said, we monitor, we match, I match the pictures up every week, anything missing, I'm gonna file criminal charges against every one of you. We're gonna let the police determine who's guilty. So, um, but I knew one particular one, I had caught her basically. Um, but still, you know, it's one of those things where you have to really be careful. My grandfather liked her. So that made yeah. it worse because yeah. he really liked her, you know? Um, so, but I got the checkbook at that point in time. So the checks were no longer at the house, um, you know, and because I couldn't trust her not to ask him for money, you know? And so, so it made it really difficult, you know, to, to do things, you know, to take care of them because of how the manipulations were occurring. And so, you know, yeah. what I, I think it's unfortunate that you know, people do this. I, I just, as far as I'm concerned, they're, they're, they're scum of the earth taking advantage of people like that. Yes. But that maybe have something to do with, uh, and again, I, I found out since my wife's got uh, beginnings of dementia, that there are a, a number of different companies out there that provide these various types of services. And I'm sure that they are, the caretakers are licensed and there's probably some sort of a bonding or fidelity bonds yeah. where uh, there is some protection. It doesn't protect the theft, 
and, and saying that, I, I think that, that you and I, as, as, the, as, as the children, I guess, uh, we need to monitor this stuff. And, you know, you don't have to look at it every single day, I don't think. But, you know, we need to look at mom and dad's checkbook, our, our aunt or uncle, whoever it happens to be, to see where the cash is going. Uh, take a look at the credit cards. You know, I give you my credit card to go buy whatever it happens to be. Next thing I know, there's a $10,000 charge on it uh, that I didn't make. So we, we have to, to watch this stuff. Yeah. So I, I didn't catch it initially till the statement came in. So I had no idea that it was a problem till the statement came in. Right. So, that, so let's talk about uh, um, how do scans with, you know, with grandparents or seniors or something work? What do you find in your, in your business? What, 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 I, what, what I'm seeing is, and, and uh, I, I really understand this now better because of my wife, which is unfortunate, but that's just the way life is going to be. But somebody will call and they will say, you know, depending who answers the phone, uh, hi, grandma, hi, granddad. Uh, this is, uh, or do you recognize me? Or do you know who I am? And the grandparent is, 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 is probably feeling guilty because I got my grandkids calling me and I really don't remember who you are. Uh, so it's Nathan or it's Elizabeth or whoever it happens to be. That's right. So now the, the scammer has got a confirmation of who we're dealing with. So they will tell them that they've got some sort of financial problem. Uh, I've got to go to school. I don't have the money to go to school. I can't pay the rent. I can't make my car payment, can't make my house payment. And I really need some money to do that. But, you know, gee, Grandma, I'm, I'm, I'm really embarrassed about having this financial problem here. Uh, I need to see if you can help me out. But I really don't want the family to know about this. Well, the Grandma understands. And, you know, it's, it's an embarrassment to the family that this kid has got a problem. Uh, well, how much money do you need? Well, the next thing you know, we're, we're getting this through a gift card or some other transfer where they can't get the money back. And now we've got multiple calls because, see, Grandma, I talked to you, you know, last week or the week before, and now I, I still have a continuing problem going on. And so the money just keeps going out, going out, and going out. And the, the, the children are not watching for this. Next thing you know, these people have taken a tremendous amount of money they can't be recouped. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. So that that's a problem that I see also. I'm finding too in my practice that we're getting uh, that people are getting a lot of call from overseas, and um, you know, chair they're pretending to be charities. They're pretending to be all kinds of things. Uh, one, um, you know, they call and um, and they try to make them their girlfriend or boyfriend or something. Yeah. You know, I mean, just things that you would think, oh, my gosh, you know, that to have to spend time to think about how you can hurt somebody to get something. You know, yeah. it's just it's, it's always frightening to me um, to see you know how these things occur. Um, I always laugh because, you know, you get the ones that, you know, they call and say, oh, I'm in jail. I need you to you know send money so I can get out. Um, I tell all my clients, you just tell them to call the bail bondsman and um, <laughs> everything will be fine. There you go. And, um, you know, and then, you know, you hang up and you call their parents or you call back to a member that, you know, you know, never assume that somebody's having the kind of trouble they are. Hang up, find the phone number, call back. Always make sure that they're calling from a number you recognize. If not, don't do it. 
Yep. So, and, and we spend some time with our clients too, you know, and, and Richard, I'm sure you do as well when, you know, you're, you know, seeing them, you know, often, but I like to sit and talk to mine about how things are going, you know, how, what's new, you know, you're still living by yourself, you know, um, and you find a lot of information right. just by having conversations. Yes. So as my clients get older, I tell them, I want to see you more often. You know, just come in and have a cup of coffee, you know, because yep. we're always on the lookout to try to make sure that we can protect them as much as possible. And so, That's right. So what advice would you give family members in uh, that are trying to make sure that their parents or grandparents are taken care of? What kind of things would you ask, you know, tell them that recommend that they do to make sure that they stay safe? I I think that, that our society is changing a little bit. I'm, I'm an older guy. And, and I'm used to writing checks all the time. And I think we're going more towards the digital piece of it. So we, we may not be writing as many checks as we used to write. I think that the, whoever the, the, the person is, the family member, they need to get on the, the credit card signature so that I can call the credit card company about issues. If they are writing checks or they have a bank account or a savings account, I think that, you know, I need to, whoever that caretaker is, we need to get on those accounts. So we have full access to what is going on with that. Probably need to have a power of attorney. And if you don't have a power of attorney, you need to give Kim a call and get a power of attorney because without the power of attorney, it's very, very difficult to do anything whatsoever. And then that person needs to monitor that. When you, when you get the statements in, if you suspect anything, you need to contact the bank or the credit union, uh, whoever that happens to be. But if not, every month, go through there and look at the various charges that are happening and try to figure out what's going on with that. You know, talk to grandma. What, what's this $10,000 charge for? What did you need to have? Uh, you may have lost the $10,000, and you probably have, but you're not going to wind up losing $100,000 because nobody's paying attention to it. And so I think where that poses a problem also is, when, when grandma or grandpa have two, three, four hundred thousand dollars in an account and the, the scammer gets the vast majority of that, then we have a lifestyle problem because they they, they may not be able to uh, take care of themselves like we thought they were going to be able to take care of themselves because all the money is gone. So we just need to monitor that. And I don't think a lot of people do that. And it's not being nosy. It's being cautious and, and caring about your loved one that you've got that's out there. Yeah. I always recommend to financial advisors that they put something in place um, that, you know, that for their clients that says, hey, if I do something out of the ordinary, if I'm grabbing you know, large sums of money that right. you know, for really, you know, here's a person you can call, you know. And so, um, you know, but definitely, definitely do some things that, you know, will make, you know, life better. And so, right. Definitely. And, and let me tell you one thing that, that's going to be, benefit probably everybody, and you all may or may not have seen this, but Tuesday I, I got an email from uh, Norton Antivirus where they wanted to renew my subscription to Norton for my yeah. computer, and uh, I don't use Norton. So the question I had for the guy was, how can I renew it if I don't use it in the first place? And he tried to avoid the question, and I, I kept going back to that. And eventually what, what I asked him was, well, look, just, just delete me from your account. You know, I, I just don't want to get any more information from you again. And he said, okay, but I have to do it from your computer. And my comment to him was not in my lifetime. Yeah. And, and he hung up on me. So yeah. saying that just, just for the quote, younger people, uh, that that's a scam that I came across this week. 
yeah. I say that all the time. My IT guy takes care of that stuff. So I, you know, and he knows when things are supposed to renew. So I just delete, 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 delete. But it's, they're getting better. The scams yeah. are getting better. So, yeah. you know, one of the things, Richard, I will tell you that I found is that if you look to see where the email is coming from, a lot of times that's your big clue right there that it just right. needs to be deleted. We even get stuff in my office where the office staff will get an email that says, hey, can you go get me a, a gift card and bring it back to the office? And it's my signature, like it's coming from me, like they've spoofed right. my email. So you yeah. have to really, really be careful. And so getting, you know, getting a lot tighter in security, you know, for those right. very reasons. And so right. they're making and, it difficult for us to protect ourselves. Most definitely. And yeah. so, and uh, Richard, I just want to thank you for being on the show today for the, the listeners. Uh, Richard is a incredible forensic accountant. So if you have some, uh, any issues, uh, anything you would ever need, you know, this is the guy to call. I've known him the whole time I've been in practice. He's phenomenal. Um, Richard, tell them how they find you. You uh, can call me. My phone number is 281-488-7531. Or you can send me an email. And that's Richard at B-I-Z with a hyphen V-A-L-U-A-T-I-O-N. Dot com. People are glad to talk to you and tell you what I think about your potential problem that you've got. Okay. All right. Thanks, Hunt. I sure appreciate you being on the show and you have a great day. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Life Happens with Kim Hegwood. Be sure to tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. wherever you listen to your podcast as we navigate through the challenges that emerge as life happens. The content of this podcast does not establish an attorney-client relationship or constitute attorney-client privilege, legal, medical, financial, or any other professional advice.